You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't call it a comeback. Celtic stuff live. Welcome to Celtic stuff live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. John and Justin here. This is the last show of the off season, John, and I could not, for one, be any happier that finally we are going to have. Well, maybe not basketball day one next week, but we'll have a media day. We'll start getting the quotes. We'll start having lots of different projections to to talk about. And we're going to beat everybody to the punch today because what we're going to do is we're going to do it a week early. We're going to give our projections and we're going to go up and down the roster and we're just going to kick it all off a little prematurely. But you know what? This is what everybody will be talking about next week. So let's just beat them to the punch and then we can just criticize everybody next week. We were the first on the air, the number one podcast, and we're going to be the first to do this. So all you haters out there, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, doing it early. You're welcome. A little early. A little early. Well, <laughs> if you've been listening this long into the off season, you're welcome. <laughs> right. There you go. Exactly. If you're exactly. still listening to us in October and September, you're welcome. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm ready to get get started. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be a lot of. I think it's going to be an interesting season. I think it's going to have none of the hate and discontent. Uh, we've already heard today. You know, Brad's kind of parroting those same lines that we talked about last time that he talked about with uh, with Jeff Goodman. And you know, really, I think at this point he's got the focus right. Now we just got to talk about the expectations for each guy. You know, and individually what are these guys going to look like what are they going to do what are they what is what are their uh focuses and what what can we reasonably expect these expectations are what killed the team last year be interesting to see will it create them you know, maybe put them in a better spot without having any expectations yeah it definitely could here's one of the interesting things too is just I don't want to say how young the team is because we've been talking about how young this team is for quite some time but there are a lot of rookies that may have to contribute some significant minutes throughout the year, especially in the event of injuries. And every year we say, well, you know, if healthy, we project X amount of wins. Well, I haven't seen a healthy year yet, really. Not a not a 100% healthy year. And interestingly, they were fairly healthy last year. And uh, not entirely healthy, but fairly healthy last year. And yet, there we were. So, interesting times. Looking forward to this year. Looking forward to putting last year finally in the books. Because once you got a new season under the way and you've got them playing regular season games, those things do tend to fade away into the not-too-distant past. But at least we'll be able to all 100% move on. Because all offseason, it's like every show, there's this qualifier about, well, you know, last year. Well, there's always next year. And guess what? Next year is a week away. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, we're at that point now. So let's I guess, you know, we're at that point where we can actually say, let's get going. Right. It's crazy. I can't believe it. So where well, do you want to start? You want to start right, alphabetical? So what do you think? Let's 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 just do some quick projections on the team in general. OK. All right. um, and so maybe we do win total and starting five and finishing five. There you go. You want to kick it off that way and yeah. then we'll do like a station ID and we can get into going up and down the roster. 
I love it. That sounds good. Uh, I'll start. I'll start with. Uh, I think they're going to start with a lineup that is Cantor. Uh, I think they're going to actually go with the guy, the small lineup that I've talked about. I think they're going to go with Tatum, Hayward, Jalen, and Kemba. So I think Smart's going to be the sixth man on this team. I think that doesn't mean he's not going to close, but he's the sixth man at least nominally in how they'll they'll organize themselves. And then to finish, I think Smart's on the floor. I hate to say it, I'm not sure that Jalen is. Uh, I think that might be, you know, those those lapses. If Jalen can show that he has has knocked those out of his system and he hadn't in FIBA ball, but if he can show a much better focus, then he could be in that closing lineup. And then who knows? I mean, every night's Kemba doesn't get to see, even despite how great a closer he is. Uh, you know, I think number one last year in terms of fourth quarter scoring. So I, I that's the lineup that I see. There's been talk of, oh, well, you know, they'll sit Gordon. I don't think they sit Gordon this year. I think they need him at his peak powers and everything they can possibly get out of him. They need him on the floor. And and defensively, I thought he was actually ahead of – his defense was ahead of his offense a lot of times, particularly in the second half. So I don't see him coming off, and Tatum is – he's – if he's not on the floor, we got bigger problems at the end of games at this point. So that's where I'm at. How about you? I'll I'll, well, I'll save my, my record after you go with your, your fives. How well, we'll go that? starting five, finishing five. And yeah. I actually – I'm a little reverse of you. I think Jalen might come off the bench – to start the season. Part of it because of the fact that he did so well being able to have the ball in his hands and, you know, be a little bit more of a focal point of the offense. And I think they want Jalen to be able to come out strong. Um, it's a stretch. Uh, it's a stretch bet on that one. But I like Marcus Smart defensively making up for uh, somebody like Kemba Walker's defense. And not that, that Walker's horrendous, but they're going to try to find him in the mismatch most of this year, that's what they're going to attack. They'll give it up on the defensive end to his offense, but they're going to try to make it up on the other end. So I think they want somebody like Smart out there. I think they like the leadership that Smart has shown. And again, like you said, it's all about how the games finish. And I think Brown actually, and this is where I'm going to disagree with you as well, I think he might come off the bench to start the game. I agree with you on Cantor. You know, I think that's something that they're going to roll with because they're going to try to work out how far they can take him defensively. And in the starting lineup is the only way with the switchability, et cetera. And one of the things that is a criticism of Jalen's, that's a fair criticism on the defensive side, is he does sometimes not rotate quickly. He misses those rotations. And I think if they're going to try to maximize Cantor, then they're going to need somebody like Marcus Smart out there, especially, too. I know they utilized Brown at that four position. Uh, quite a bit in FIBA, but at the same time, I think that, you know, Marcus Smart can definitely match up against opposing bigs sometimes. So if they do get caught and they're looking for a rotation, I think they're actually going to be a little bit more confident that Marcus Smart might be able to make up for some of Cantor's defensive liabilities, especially when they face teams that want to invert the offense a little bit too. So I do think Smart actually starts. Then I think they want to really let Jalen grow. I think it could change throughout the year if he continues to play as well as he did. But I think they're also going to be looking at Gordon Hayward. And I think they're going to want Gordon to be able to get a little bit more involved in the offense. And that's going to take away from Brown as well. We know Smart is already willing to sacrifice. Kemba is going to be a big part of the offense. They're going to want Tatum to get off. And right now, at least as far as the beginning of the year and what we know about Cantor, they're going to want him involved in the offense too because it's all he brings to the table outside of rebounding. Mm-hmm. So I think in that regard, it makes sense for them to have Brown come off the bench to start games. But the finishing lineup, I think it is that small lineup, and I don't expect to see Cantor out there. I don't think that they think that they're really giving up that much defensively by rotating Brown into that lineup and taking uh, Cantor out. And so with that in mind, they're going to try to be a little more switchable, a little more active, and definitely more up-tempo. I think they're going to try to throw that closing punch on the offensive end with turnovers. I think you could see, let me just add, um, I would hope in an ideal world, with the green color glasses on, I think in an ideal world, they're closing this season with Time Lord starting the game. I think that 
if they could get to the end of this season and Time Lord is the guy who they're starting games with, I'm not saying closing. I, I'm not ready for that. I'm not sure they'll be ready for that at the end. But if he can get if he can get to a point where he's doing playing 20 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night, that's a win right there. That's a huge win for this team. Either or or it's a huge loss because everybody else is so bad. But I don't I don't think that's what's going to happen. It does it does open things up for Brown to be in that starting lineup because Absolutely. then you have a player who's much more defensive oriented mm-hmm. to start the game. And again, rebounding has been a huge issue for this team. Time Lord can leap right out of the gym. And uh, hopefully you can use that athleticism to grab some some of the uh, balls in the glass. I, I'm actually I'm actually more concerned with Time Lord's defense. Uh, actually, I, I think offensively. Well, he doesn't he doesn't get to start if he's not bringing the defense. That's right. He's got to get he's got to get. I mean, we saw it in summer league. I think in terms of passing, and he actually is an all right fit offensively if he kind of knows where his shot is and where he fits in that offense. But defensively, his positioning, his rebounding, that's that just needs a whole lot of work. And hopefully since July in Las Vegas, he's he's made that stretch. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I think Shemi Ojale is a closing lineup guy who we, we you know, we really didn't talk about. I think Grant, Grant Williams is going to be in the mix, too, quite frankly. I don't think uh, so for closing, but I do think he could get in the mix for that starting lineup. If Time Lord doesn't work out because they're trying to rotate him in. And Cantor doesn't pay off incredibly defensively. I could definitely see Grant Williams in the starting lineup. The other thing I'll say, though, real quick, too, to to the Time Lord and Jalen Brown off the bench factor, then they could really go up-tempo. And, you know, you're going to have one of Marcus Smart or Kemba out there for most of that run anyway. And Jalen could be a quick early sub for Smart so that they can get that sort of situated. But they pull somebody out offensively before they put Jalen in. And and maybe that's Kemba, and that creates opportunities. And Smart's a facilitator. Mm-hmm. I the the reason why I say looking smaller, um, stronger but smaller, whether it's Shemi or or you're talking Grant, in that both of those guys are smart, they're switchable. Um, if Shemi can hit the three, if Grant can hit the three, I can see those guys easily closing games out. Uh, and that's crazy to say for a rookie, but. I think that they're in a spot right now where they're, they're, it's going to be difficult to fill out that lineup. I think that super small lineup that we were talking about a few weeks ago is a great and stretch, but I think they, they're going to need someone with some size who can battle guys, who can who can force them to pull out to the perimeter, but then can also have at least enough girth to uh, to put the fight in uh, on the boards. So um, that's that's my sense of it. Well, I guess I kind of think Smart is the guy that they use that way. Maybe you're thinking they need a couple of them. I, I think Grant Williams, as great as he showed in Summer League, I still think he's going to have a, a learning curve defensively, uh, even though he's a smart player and I think he'll pick it up and he'll get rolling throughout the year. I still think there's going to be some major lapses and he's going to get beat by some of the longer, more athletic bigs in the league, yeah. too. So. Let's uh, let's go to let's talk about the All right. uh, well win total yeah, yeah real win total real quick right. first uh, for, well yeah. hold on first follow Celtic stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live as well as your host you can follow me at CSL underscore Justin John is at CSL underscore Duke the entire CLNS media network at CLNS media Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS media app for iOS and Android simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for high definition and very soon full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report. Go ahead, John. Sorry to cut you off. No, just saying, okay, so let's talk. I mean, talking about record, right? So they won 49 games last year. uh, And the Eastern Conference, I think, is tougher. As crazy as this, it's deeper, I think. I think your bottom isn't quite as bottomy. Um, Your top... Mm, probably maybe not quite as good, but, but, but maybe not too much different. Uh, but I think that middle class is kind of interesting in the East. I'm actually going to pick the Celtics to win 51 wins. Um, I don't think that they are, um, necessarily more likely to make the playoff, uh, to, to make the finals, um, than, you know, maybe what conventional wisdom tells you. I just think they're going to get over the mark. I feel like there's, they're going to be a little bit more successful, but I, I think those are going to be a lot more satisfying 51 wins because because you're going to do them on the backs of 
guys like Carson Edwards and Grant Williams. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to take efforts from Jason Tatum to lead the team in scoring or, you know, Jalen Brown playing great, you know, big minutes or you know, Kemba. You know, I, I think that there is there's going to be a different feeling about those 51 wins, whereas the 49 wins the Celtics got last year felt so much because Kyrie carried them through. Yeah, I think this is going to be a sign of the the sea change. I don't think Kemba's going to be, it's not going to be like Isaiah three or four years ago when he was, you know, winning all these games in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a balanced effort, but it's going to be much more about those young guys leading the way, not just in terms of making a big play, but, but really leading the team uh, and carrying the effort through the season. So what do you well, think? I got 51. How about you? I got 48, but I definitely think that this team, you know, is going to play a little bit more the way Brad Stevens likes to coach a club. I think that's part of the reason why Kemba was such a target was, hey, here's a guy we think is going to be able to do things the way that Brad would like them to be done. And he's going to be a good locker room presence. He's not going to go against the grain, even if he has to suffer a little bit. I think he's ready to do that. I think he likes being in front of his hometown crowd, so to speak, you know, from his Yukon days. And there's just a lot of cultural things there that I don't think it's going to be issue. I still think Kemba's going to carry an enormous amount of the offensive load. But as you said, I think they want to groom some of these other guys to be ready to shine in those big moments and that everybody's going to be willing to be unselfish. The reason I say 48 wins is because of the depth. I mean, last year you were saying, hey, this team's really good and they're top heavy. And we were talking about all those expectations. But then your big knock on the club was their depth. Well, they've got depth issues this year and the team knew it. That's why they picked players that had several years in college, not one and dones, and they wanted to build up that roster. You mentioned somebody like Shemi Ojale, and you know he's a guy that's probably ready now to emerge into that Jay Crowder-style role off the bench, although Jay Crowder wound up in the starting lineup um, when the Celtics won 48 games, right? So I'm going with, I'm going with the 48, and uh, that really, I think, sets the table well for us to – start going up and down the roster. But first, the football season is back, and now you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make your bets on your favorite professional or college team. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way all through the season. Will Mahomes throw for 56 TDs? Looked like it against the Ravens uh, on Sunday. Can the Pats go undefeated? Bet on all of this with the fastest odds, updates, and payouts with their new sport with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head on over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Get into all the action today with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. And support for Celtic Stuff Live comes from John's favorite, Manscaped. Number yeah. one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You're supposed to say it after I say below-the-belt. Manscaped oh. offers Blow precision engineered <laughs> Manscaped Sorry. offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. There's jewels. nothing worse than nicking them when you're Nick. shaving them. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls, because that's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? You can get 20% off and free shipping using the promo code CSTUFF, that's C-S-T-U-F-F, at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, and your balls will thank you. Remember, as a loyal listener, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code CSTUFF at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com, promo code CSTUFF. Something weird about having the promo code for Manscaped be CSTUFF. Just saying. Have we ever had CSTUFF? I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to see anyone's stuff. Selling stuff live, you know, see stuff, do that so everyone gets paid. We like that, but just there's nothing, there's no, you know, there's no. You know, I get it. No that's pretty, there, right? that's pretty straightforward. See stuff, yeah, but I don't think we've see, ever, you know. I don't think we've ever had a promo code. See stuff. We've had a number of them, but I don't think it's ever been see stuff. 
Manscaped. I think that's a, I think that's they're trying to tell us something, Justin. And I wonder they, how many conversions we lost because people were typing it in S E E S T U F F. They well, if they did, they probably got a different website. I'm suspecting, but anyway, uh, no, you're right. It's crazy. What a weird, yeah, what a weird, weird world we live in. Well, we've gone from from gold rarities to now your family jewelry. Oh no, dudes. dude. You know? Harper Family Dentistry oh, and the intraoral cameras. That's right. Never mind. It blows the, intra- the balls away on Manscaped. Eye. That's right. <laughs> like the the whole <laughs> intraoral cameras, we had way too much fun with. It's it's a real it's a real A to Z story there. You know. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh my God. All this right, is I'll some make... old timer talk. It's time We're, to move on. Yeah, Let's go up yeah. and down the roster right. and make it a wrap because next week. We're going to be bringing it to you right after we finally have a media day. Real stuff. Real stuff to talk about. Well, you, what do we want to do? We want to do uh, alphabetical? You want? What do you want? Just just open up a roster in a right. web browser and All go right. top to bottom. Uh, Jalen Brown is the first one for alphabetically, which, you know, doesn't really work for us. But he is – I don't think he – I wouldn't say low key. I would say high key. He has the most – to gain or lose from the season. Bottom line, financially, if he plays out of his head, if he plays to the physical uh, abilities of what he has, um, he can be a max player, right? I think the Celtics love it. I think the Celtics love it when they have those players playing for a contract. And even if it's a match deal, I think they love it. And I think they're going to, let it ride, but that's probably going to be the number one story this training camp, other than Kemba's arrival. But I still think it could it could overshadow that, where it's going to be all about Jalen, and Jalen's going to say the right things, and he did the right things last year. That's where my prediction of him coming off the bench could be a little bit of a detrimental move on the Celtics' part, because he could take a major slight to that. But you're right. I think it could be a leap year for him. And, um, you know, if he does come off the bench, but then he finishes games and he's really strong, then he is going to get that payday. I don't think the Celtics are afraid to let him go to free agency or restricted free agency and see what happens. I think they're willing to do that and let the market dictate, not unlike what happened with Smart. But the market is going to be a lot different for Jalen than it is for Marcus Smart. Uh, We're going to talk about a guy who may impact Jalen Brown's free agency and the Celtics desire to pay a lot of money to keep him. But I, he's the guy I'm probably watching the most, which is kind of foolish because I think Tatum is a guy who probably has more of an impact in terms of what this Celtics team can do. All right, let's just move on to Tatum then. Let's go, let's go right to Tatum because seriously, this is, this is going to be a breakout year. I think this is a major leap. He, He was at least level statistically last year. And I think this is a breath of fresh air for him. And uh, they're going to definitely put the ball in his hands. I think they're going to put him in a position to make the leap. And they didn't do that with Brown last year. Right. It, it's crazy. I, I, you know, I, I look, he was he he didn't meet expectations, but that doesn't mean he was worse than he was his rookie year. That, that, I, I'm so annoyed with that whole uh, you know storyline that's out there. He needs to get better. He needs to become more efficient. He needs to make better decisions. But he was one part of a of a bad stew. You know, um, so for me, I think I think Tatum is is a really strong player. I think he's going to go to the next level. I think he's going to make the all-star team this year. Uh, I really do. I think the Celtics are going to put him in a good position. And uh, I think that Kemba sees the value in these guys. And unlike Kyrie, who would who would kind of big brother, little brother the situation, even though he hated it when LeBron did it. I think Kemba is you know is going to see in Tatum a guy who is, is going to help him reach a higher level as he gets older in his career. So I, I'm a all-star big team. Wow. Yep. That's a big one. It's definitely possible. He's got all the talent there. All right. Next he one. Sucks. Yep. Uh, next up. So we've already done them. How about Carson Edwards? Let's go with a rookie. We got plenty of those guys. Um, spark plug. Uh, he's going to, he's going to have more of an impact on this team. Uh, I'm going to say more of a positive impact on this team than Terry Rozier did in the regular season over the last two years. Wow. And that's including the period where he closed out the le- Okay, that might be a little strong. But 
apart from the time when Kyrie went out injured at the end of the regular season in, in 19. Well, definitely, definitely better than last a, year. A better yeah, effort. Definitely better than last year. The year before, obviously, you have to put that asterisk, like if the other guards are healthy, Edwards doesn't get the minutes that Terry got. I agree completely. Uh, but I do think he uh, gets playing time. I definitely think he's out there. Uh, maybe what, 12 to 14 minutes a game. I mean, you know, guard depth is, is mostly in, in terms of ball handlers and, and people who can initiate the offense, you know, you're really talking Kemba and smart. So there's an obvious opportunity there for, I mean, you know, not, not just Carson Edwards and we'll get to the others in a moment, mm-hmm. but, but I think he's the front runner for that third guard minutes um, okay. in, in the point guard role. I think so too. I think. I mean, let's talk about the other guy who could be a, a player for that. It's Brad Wanamaker. Um, coming back, never got a chance to do to show anything that he could do last year. Um, showed. All I really remember is that one dunk at the end of the prior season. Like that. <laughs> that's the thing that really stands he, out. He is. I mean, he was a competent. He showed to be competent player. He was probably the second best point guard. Well, if you don't count Smart as a point guard, uh, probably the second best point guard in the team last year. Uh, sorry, Terry. I don't know if he's going to get a chance. I mean, I think that, that may be yep, one of those battles of preseason. Wanamaker Edwards. Can Edwards edge him out right now? Uh, that would be probably what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And I, and I don't think so because I don't think he's their long-term development plan. You know, I think he's a guy that they like to round out the bench and they know he gives good energy and he's going to be fairly solid when he comes into the game, but I think they'd rather invest a lot more in Edwards. I, I agree. I agree. All right. Taco fall. Taco, taco Tuesday. Let's go. It's not making the roster. What? Yeah, he's not making no the way. roster. Yeah. All right. I now, disagree. They'll try to find a way to spin him down to Maine and, and hold on to him, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But I don't think he's making the roster. Okay. So I think he makes the roster because they make a move with one of the two-way guys. Uh, I think he's been around this summer. He's been working out in Boston. He's gone to just about every community event the team has done. Uh, they don't do. I don't think they would do that and somewhat embarrass the guy by cutting him uh, in training camp. I think that there's a there's a relationship there. You know, again, it's it's the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th place on the roster. Very rarely, if ever, do those positions turn into anything. The Celtics have gotten almost nothing out of those except for Jabari Bird, but. We don't talk about that anymore. So um, I'm going to, you know, I really think, uh, I think Taco makes it as a two-way guy and they make a move there. But either way, he's going to spend a lot of time in Maine, which you can imagine I'm pretty excited about because going down to the Portland Expo to watch Taco Fall is going to be the best. So I can't wait for that. It could totally be a Jordan Mickey scenario where he dominates Maine. And and just can't really put it together at the parent club. That 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 might be. Jeez. I'm just telling you, he's raw. Great guy. Wah, wah. Great guy. Ton of fun. <laughs> yeah. Pouring pouring water on your on your fire. You are not nice. All right, let's let's move on to somebody who's gonna have a huge impact. We hope Gordon Hayward. Uh, Gordon Hayward. I think the two year thing after the injury is gonna be huge for him. Uh, I don't know he'll be an all-star. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to be able to make plays a lot. I thought last year part of the issue was they had so many forwards on this team between uh, Mook and Tatum and Hayward and Brown, and then Shemi got pushed out and all that. There was never enough touches, and I think part of the difficulty in trying to gain that confidence when he did have it is he had so few opportunities to really make plays. He's going to have all the chances to work out the bugs. He didn't have a summer to, to work out the bugs in the offseason last year. Now he's had a full season plus the summer, and I, I think some big things will come from him. I don't know if his scoring numbers will be that high, but I think his assists – and I'm hoping his rebounds. I'm hoping that that he can, he and Jalen. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. He and Jalen can really jump up in that mark. They only averaged four and a half and 4.2 rebounds a game last year. This team needs them to be up around six. six well, and I half, think, seven. and I think in that smaller lineup, even with Cantor at center, 
that that it's uh, Brown when he comes in and it's Hayward and those two are alternating really at the four and they should put Tatum at the three. They should work him as a three, have him involved in the offense instead of trying to play him at the four, which they've done sometimes. And I think it's time to just let him be that small forward. Let him stay in the wing role. I realize the power forward is is not really a concept in Brad's system. And it's really just wings and then a center and a point guard. But I'm still going with the fact that, to your point, somebody's got to work the rebounding. Somebody's got to do a little bit more of the grit and hustle defensively against a bigger player. And that's another reason why I think Brown comes off the bench because they like him there. But I think they're going to want Hayward in the starting lineup um, really to just get him going. And if he can show that he's there, he's the forward. And maybe he's the first guy to come off the bench and Brown goes in at the four. And then that's where, you know, some offense opens up. And as they slowly transition Kemba out, then Brown takes a, a bigger role. Or maybe or maybe at that point they do take Tatum out and, and Brown slides back down to the three and Hayward comes back in because they did a decent job together off the bench last year as well. So um, they can play together, so that might be part of the rotation that they go with. But I think those two guys are are your traditional lineup fours. And you're right. They both need to improve in rebounding. Two two things about that. This this team will go as far as the triumvirate or the troika of Jalen, Gordon, and Tatum can take them. If they can if Brad if, if Brad can find a way to play those three together and the team is successful, they will win a lot of games. If not one of them, probably Jalen, is traded. I, I just, I think, Ooh. That, I, I think that that's the that's the give and take. This is year three of trying to make those three guys work. The first time it was five minutes. Uh, the second time was an unmitigated disaster. This is the third try, try here, and and let's hope that they can make that happen. All right, how um, many guys we got left? Now we're gonna couple. pick up the pace. Let's go. Let's go with uh, let's go with Mr. Talkative Ennis Cantor. Go, go ahead. You you start with Ennis. I think he is going to be, at least to the common eye, better defensively. Uh, I don't think he's going to end up doing a ton of scoring just because there's so much to share and the way that he'll be slotted into that lineup. But he will be good for some buckets. He'll be great for some offensive rebounds. And I think he makes a commitment to defense and maximizes his potential, which will still probably put him in the 30th percentile in terms of centers in the league that are defensive. But that could be good enough if he's not closing games. Brad Stevens made Tyler Teller look and, and look like a good defensive player. I have belief that Brad Stevens can make Ennis Cantor look passable. Uh, can he make him great? Can he make him Al Horford? Hell no. But I think he can make him fit enough. I think if Ennis Cantor can be their big off the bench coming in after Time Lord, I think that's really a, a really good spot. I've been talking about using those traditional oh, quick bigs. hook, right? The guy gets into foul trouble, quick hook, you're okay. Right, right. You, if you can use him and get some easy buckets. I think they need veterans on that. If he's that veteran on the second unit, when they can't get anything going from Carson Edwards and, and a whole bunch of these young guys, and they can throw the ball into Anna, Ennis and get him some buckets and gets boards, I think that's that's gravy. I think he's going to shoot the rebound, three ball, too. Though. Totally. Yeah, I do, too. He was practicing all that, but it's all about the glass. They're finally addressing some of their issues there, even if they're giving it up somewhere else. They'll scheme it. Next. Yep. Poirier. French. The big baguette. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, seemed to do pretty well, uh, you know, in the uh, in the tourney, you know, FIBO. Uh, I I still think he's limited minutes. I, I don't think he's going to get a ton of minutes. Now, if there's an injury, he definitely could. Hard to see him get minutes over Cantor, even though the defensive issues. However, he's got kind of a unique build, a little bit more of a traditional big. And so he's going to get minutes by virtue of nobody else on the team does what he does. Yep. I think he's drop coverage guy. He's he's going to protect the paint. I think he's more of a rebounder, a bruiser. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how his, his athleticism keeps up. His YouTube clips make him look like he flies around. I don't know if that's going to hold true. But, you know, he, uh, you know, he had a good tournament. And on a team with, you know, looking at the bigs outside of Cantor, he's really the only big with substantial size. So you go into Philly, 
you need to throw bodies at, at uh, Joel Embiid, and he's got a big body. So yep, um, you know, I love it when we use our fouls. Totally. Follow him on Instagram. Him and his wife—they live a crazy life. It's insane. All right. Next up, let's talk about. Uh, speaking of foreign big men, Daniel Tice, 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 baby. What do you think? Tice is kind of a sleeper, but we said that last year. He got hurt. You know, he was hurt before, and so it kind of yep. sucked for him. You know, I think. I think you're, we're going to see, does his knee come back? You know, he looked pretty good at the end of that, his rookie year. Um, you know, he's switchable. He's a guy who could be a closing lineup big, honestly. He's a likable guy. He's a really likable guy. Yep. Everybody loves him. Great locker room presence. You know, he said that a couple of times. But, you know, just a, just a, just a solid all-around player. You're going to get effort out of him. So, yeah, if he is healthy and he is feeling good and he can kind of keep, you know, he's an older rookie during his rookie season. So we'll see how that plays out. I think they're probably going to want to spend more time on developing Time Lord. They're probably going to want to spend more time on developing Grant Williams. And it will kind of depend on how the season goes. Tice falls out of the lineup if they're kind of a fringe playoff team and they're just saying, let's develop these guys. If they wind up playing really well early on and Tice is part of that, he could definitely stick, but that's the gamble with him. Yep. Uh, let's go to. Sh- I, I think he. I think he's got a spot. Uh, what about Shemi Ojale? He's just in a tough spot with this team. Yeah, uh, you know, if if they were a little more loaded at the guard, et cetera. But you just talked about how difficult it's going to be for them to play Hayward and Brown and Tatum. So getting Shemi in there is just going to be that much harder. Uh, he, he's a three and D guy and he really is going to thrive when he's not on the Celtics anymore, which won't be long, but he could definitely get, I, I don't mean it like in any kind of negative way, but he's, if you talk about somebody getting traded, you know, he could get in a package even with Brown because of the depth at the wing, but maybe if they do trade Brown, then Shemi's the guy that they do keep around. But if they have any intent on keeping Brown and Hayward and Tatum, I, I don't see them. Uh, having Shemi stick around for very long, not even necessarily saying they trade him, but they may just not re-sign him when the time comes, or he may just not decide that he wants to be here because he's not going to have an opportunity. Um, he's still having said that, you know, maybe 12 minutes a game, and Celtics are always good for an injury, and that will open the door for him. So he'll get some minutes, but I just I don't see him taking on a really large role because nothing's changed from last year in terms of his ability to get minutes. Uh, yeah, other than, you know, you, you've got a few guys ahead of him on, on the rotation that are now gone, you know, so you do have that. But what you also have is you've got the Marcus Morris role. Is that what you're kind of thinking? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I think what's what's interesting is you know, in Shemi and Grant Williams, you have two guys that are like six, five, six, 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 seven who are built like brick shit houses, Right. They are strong as hell. OK, now, what is Brad going to do? How is he going to build this team? And, you know, one thing we saw in the playoffs with Toronto is that strength can sometimes overcome some other areas. And the Celtics have strong players. The combat muscles thing is real, whether it's smart. Shemi Ojale, I'm not going to say he handled Giannis, but he gave him something to think about. If the Celtics are going through an effort where they want to utilize that type of player, the Shemi, the Grant Williams. They have to obviously be able to do other things and be successful. But I, what is that? What does that mean to have two guys of that type uh, on this team? It's it just it. I don't know what it means totally. I want to see how Brad uses them. Uh, but I think Shemi is a guy who can play players who are taller than he is, uses his strength and can uh, and can battle. And if Shemi can start to hit that corner three. With any sort of regularity, he will get minutes uh, and a lot of them, possibly even closing laps like I was talking about earlier on. But transitioning on to the next player, Grant Williams, they're going to be yeah. battling for those minutes then. Yep. Two, I think it's it, it could be they're really battling for one rotation spot potentially unless there's something more that Brad wants to do with small guys. Um, Grant, 
I think he stands the biggest chance of the rookies to have a big impact because of the fact that he's so freaking smart. Uh, I mean, the things he was doing in summer league was like light years beyond what everybody else out there was doing. So smart, always in the right place. If he can hit the three, he will play. I mean, he'll play a fair amount. Uh, he just does so many things. And the Celtics have so few guys who fill the gaps. And certainly with Al Horford being gone, a guy like Grant Williams stands out. Yep, the two Williams brothers, you would uh, initially look at the roster and say they're battling for minutes, but they're not. I no. think they're totally different pieces. So you've got the Wanamaker and the Edwards, and then you have this other sort of rotation spot that'll battle between Ojale and Williams. Who's next? Well, let's go to let's go to the Time Lord. I mean, I think that's a good place to go. The Time Lord, to me, he is in a spot where he has an opportunity. And it would be a real disappointment to see him not take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, he is a guy who, as long as his role is confined and he's able to uh, just focus on that role, I think he'll be okay. It's hard for young players to learn a role, but I think that he, everyone's saying the right things about him in Boston, whether it's Brad or others around the team. They're all saying, okay, he's hardworking. He's in here every day. That's great stuff. Show me he can defend. Show me he's doing the right things. Show me he's not making silly mistakes, trying to block every shot. Uh, I want him to block the good shots and become a great defender. I think he has a chance to be better than Clint Capella, but he's got to become a much better defender. And that's just about positioning and understanding what everyone's doing and where what his role is and being a step ahead of it, as opposed to always being a step late causing fouls and and that's just going to get you off the he'll just get as way. many minutes he'll get as many minutes as as he can and you know you just talked about it if he's winding up not being able to stay out of foul trouble and he's just his timing isn't quite right then he won't get minutes my bigger concern actually and part of the reason he slipped down to the end of the first round is durability i think when his minutes go up i'm a little concerned about his ability to stay healthy that's my number one concern from him i'll even live with even losing games for his development because his potential is so great. But if it proves out that he can't stay healthy with larger minutes, which is what my biggest concern is, then, you know, you're, you're wasting your time and you should be developing somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's true. But that'll play it, but that'll play itself out. He'll, he'll be, he'll, he'll take himself out all, off the court for, for the injuries. So yeah. it is what it is. I hope that I hope not. We all love the time Lord. How many uh, do we have left? Uh, three or four. Okay. Tremont waters. Two-way guy. Uh, he is the guy I think who will end up taking the fi- taking the 15th spot. Uh, I think they loved him out of summer league. He obviously had a tragic situation with his dad's passing, uh, but played through it. Um, he has feel, 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 feel. When I see that kid play, he has a feel for the game. His passing, he's quick, he's tenacious defender. If he can shoot the ball with any sort of regularity. I think he'll in the preseason he'll earn that 15th spot, and that will open things up for Taco. He's the guy I think that's most likely. Even though they have, you know, with him, with Carson Edwards, with Kemba, they've got some small guards on this team. We know Brad loves to play the small guards, and I, I really I thought Tremont Waters was really a, a fun surprise during summer league and didn't get talked about enough. Yeah, that hesitation move. That's what really got cool. everybody's attention. I don't think he gets a lot of minutes. I do think he makes the roster, to your point. I do think they like him a lot. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's a spot for guards because as soon as an injury happens, this next man up on this roster. And uh, But but you could have looked at it as it's Edwards versus Waters for those minutes. But I really don't think – I think you're right. It's Wanamaker. It's Edwards. And – and and Waters is kind of sitting on the fringe. So if injuries happen, he'll get playing time. Otherwise, it's development year for him. I mean, they'll send him down to Maine, but I I think yeah, it's totally. Oh, for sure, development and, year. And yeah. and same goes for Max Struess. Uh, yeah, you can skip they, right through that. They signed him. Well, they signed him, and they never saw him play. And I think perhaps if he hadn't played yet, maybe they signed Taco instead. I'm not really sure, but. Uh, the, He's the, the guy we player, see the least of. Yeah, the one player we haven't said yet is the one that I think is – I think we've gotten everybody, right? Is there two no, left or one? There's three left. Three left. Yeah. All right, we'll keep going. But the first-round draft pick who didn't play in the summer league? 
I'll just tease it. Let's yeah. finish him. Yeah. Do the other two, and then we'll go there. Because I think that's I think that's the most compelling and underrated, not yep. talked about story, yep. and especially well, when we talk about all those yeah. wings. Yeah, I mean that's and I think that's exactly right. Romeo Langford has been was. I don't understand why Romeo Langford was only cleared for basketball activities a week ago. Full contact. I don't get it. The guy had his surgery six months ago. There was some questions whether or not he played summer league. They see him. They they show him shooting with a with a ping pong paddle off his hand, clearly trying to help his guide hand stay off the ball and you know use his shooting hand. I I totally understand that, but it took another three months after that for them to actually clear him. Something weird. That's just that's a weird thing. I don't know if it means anything or not, but he wasn't able to play, and that's going to hold him back, I think. But if he can play strong, play well this year, and he was a dynamite scorer going into Indiana. Without the injury, who knows what types of numbers he puts up. Maybe he's a top three, top five pick in this draft. If he shows he can play, Jalen Brown is gone. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's the battle. That's the third battle. It's between those two. And I think you're right. Because I they could probably sell high on Jalen Brown at this point. And if they have another player in the wing, <laughs> and they're already struggling with giving those players minutes, you know, the other person that could take a hit could be uh, Shemi Ojale, even though, you know, he's not the strong, you know, Langford's not strong necessarily as much as, as Ojale is because he really is built like, yeah. But uh, but I still think, you know, from a scoring potential, you know, long-term development potential, those minutes would go to Langford. I think the whole team is a development year that way, that they're going to play potential and players – and Brad, I mean, not Brad, uh, Danny's not done trying to package players and make moves and deals. And they do that by developing young talent into, you know, tradable assets that look strong. And that's how this game works. Totally. Who are the last totally. two that were, well, they're not going to max I'm, Bruce, gonna, said, I'm but, going with, yeah, we already, we already went through that. I'm actually going to go with Kemba next uh, because. Oh, we skipped Kemba. I was like a given. Kemba's going to be awesome. He's an all-star. I don't know if he'll be, you know, make all-team NBA, all-three-team NBA. I think it's going to be, it, there's just going to be so much talent that players are going to have opportunities to, you know, excel, whether it's Lillard, whether it's, you know, uh, Westbrook, with so many guards, uh, Curry. I mean, it's it's going to be a tough year for players who, um, you know, like him. Um, you know, Kyrie's, you know, who knows what's going to happen there in, in Brooklyn. I think they're all switching he, positions because Kyrie's going to end up having to do what Walker did in Charlotte the well, last several years. I mean, I know there's other players. Brooklyn doesn't there, think but, so, but you're I right. Know, but that's they probably how they don't understand who Kyrie is either. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree. It'll be tough for Kemba, but I don't think there's any drop off in play. I just think it'll be a drop off statistically because why sign a guy like that to that amount of money? And then put the same amount of wear and tear on him, especially when we know that the shorter guards take a precipitous drop off at age 30. It makes sense for him to just play out the next four years on moderate minutes and really allow the younger players to develop. And Hayward can take a lot of that playmaking off of him, too. So I think they want to get value out of the full entire contract with him. And I think they're going to manage it a little bit differently than Charlotte did. Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think defensively he's going to show a lot. He's just going to, he's going to be effervescent about the idea of winning 49, 50 games. I mean, that's going to be more wins than he's ever seen. That could be more wins he's seen in two years, some years in Charlotte, for God's sakes. Uh, I think he's, he's the right man to be working on a team that is really trying to elevate young players to be the stars of this team. And so I, I, I'm excited to have him here. I think he's going to be a real joy and, and, a, and a breath of fresh air after. I mean, it would be a great interview. I know he won't necessarily totally. be entertaining like Isaiah, but he'll be a great interview. Totally. Who's left? Yeah. Fringe guy? The best guy. The guy everyone loves. The guy who, the captain who shall not be named. That's right. You guessed it. Marcus Smart. The best. Oh, my word. How did I forget Kemba and Smart? Like, I should have just rattled that right off my brain. It's so funny. I, I did not keep in good track because it's nearly midnight and I've been up since 4 a.m. Uh, Marcus is going to be Marcus. He's going to get a lot of opportunity to shine. Um, here's another one that I'm worried about getting injured, though. 
you know, with the you want to talk about a guy who wants to lead a team of chip on their shoulders. He's he's that guy, and uh, he could he could definitely enter into you know some uh, sixty games played territory, depending on how he you know uh, approaches every single game every single night. But he's so crucial on the defensive side of things that it's going to be so hard for him not to give that effort because it's who he is. And so, yep, the captain who shall not be named a captain, I think is what you said. Uh, he is. He's going to be the leader. He's going to pick up a lot of it just like he did last year. So, again, th- there's another little bit of an injury concern there. Not like a long-term one. Not like a durability. Not like a can he stay on the floor the rest of his career because he's clearly a man that will fight through pain. So he'll play. He'll have a nice, nice long career. But I, I do – and maybe they'll just give guys nights off this season. We talked about them doing it last year, and they didn't really do it. Maybe they'll really do it this year, and then that'll help prevent that from happening too. Yeah, I I think Smart has a chance, an outside chance at six man of the year. If he can, if he can get his scoring average around, I don't know, 15 points. I mean, right now he averaged nine last year. I could see him getting that higher. I don't you know. Six points a game is maybe asking a lot, but he was driving the ball to the basket a lot more. And to me, that's the part of the game where he really could add to, I mean, he's, he's now an average three point shooter, which is huge, but if he can leverage that into, no yeah, doubt. if he can le- turn that into a guy who can, who can, you know, you know, cl- you know, go off closeouts and, and, and go to the rack and get, to the foul line and grift his way towards, you know, six foul shots a game. Um, easily. Can he be a guy who, yeah, just um, a two level you know, score, points. two level score would make a huge difference for him. Totally. And uh, especially with everything else he does defensively. All right. That wraps up the roster media days next week. John and I are skipping the outtakes. I got to go to bed. We're going to call it this week. We already told you you're welcome anyway. Any last words, John? Uh, yeah, just the one thing I want to say. Hey, Brooklyn Nets, stop changing your goddamn court, all right? It's not interesting, it's not cute, and I'm over it. Go, just just stick with what you got. Win something first. You're annoying me. Go away. Yep, super annoying and even more annoying now that Kyrie is over there. Yep, this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.